0: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: Live from my bedroom in Queens, New York, filmed before a captive audience of my boyfriend's cat. This is the great pop culture debate episode devoted to the best game show. Pause for four studio applause. But seriously, who doesn't love a television game show? They provide (laughs) endearing contestants hilarious bloopers, people losing their fucking minds after winning a Winnebago, and if they're from the 70s and 80s, some bonus casual sexual harassment. And not for nothing, but in these difficult times we live in, game shows are a better distraction than ever. They're like a year's supply of rice Easy to make, satisfying, and likely to lead to early-onset diabetes. So, get ready to match the stars, or at least our z less judges, as the great pop culture debate wants to determine the best TV game show. The first category is Hot Mess Panelists. For $500, the answer... This mediocre homosexual hosts a pop culture podcast in an effort to stave off a full-scale existential crisis.
2: Ooh, ooh, who is Eric Resniak?
1: That's correct, Michael. (laughs) Next, he'd like to solve the puzzle. It's Curtis Creekhorn. Is it fuck me in the ass tonight, Eric? Um, no. So close. It was actually luck be in the air tonight. Oh, Mm.
3: Oh, okay.
1: Okay. Speaking of luck, let's press it. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Stop. It's Kevin Dillon.
4: I don't know what a whammy is, but being single in COVID sure makes me
2: want to figure out what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. And finally, come on down and see if the price is right. It's Michael Schwartz.
2: Of course, Eric. I'm right at any price, over or under. <laughs>
1: All right. So before we dive into the debate, let's go over how this works. We made a list of roughly 100 notable game shows from To Tell the Truth through to The Floor is Lava. We did not include long form reality competition shows like Survivor or American Idol. And the shows had to be filmed and aired in the United States. We had nearly 50 people take the survey to pick their favorites. And the top 32 vote getters were ranked by popularity added to a bracket and our panelists made their decisions. Now we argue about it and insult each other. All for your amusement. Want to follow along at home? You can find all the brackets, including the one for this episode, at greatpopculturedebate.com. Make a copy for yourself, fill it out, and then compare it to our panelist picks. Think we're way off base? Drop a comment on the episode on the website or yell at us on social media. So we had a slew of unanimous winners in round one. First off, one seed Jeopardy dumped eight seeds singled out. Two-seed Press Your Luck put a whammy on seven-seed The Joker's Wild. One-seed Family Feud had no love for eight-seed The Dating Game. Two-seed Double Dare slimed seven-seed American Ninja Warrior. Four-seed Hollywood Squares overshadowed Stevens' five-seed Deal or No Deal. And three-seed Wheel of Fortune bankrupted six-seed weakest least. Finally, one-seed Price is Right sounded the loser horn for eight-seed Hollywood Game Night. And now, on your marks, let's start The Chosen Family Feud. We were evenly split between five seed American Gladiators and Four Seed The Newlywed Game. Kevin, why are you hitched to Newly Newlywed?
4: For me, the Newlywed game, I just it was such a fun game to watch couples like hit each other with a piece of paper when they didn't get the game right. I I just love watching people have that interaction with one another. It was really something that entertained me. I wasn't even, obviously I was a young kid watching this and it always made me laugh watching people bitterly fight while they were uh, pretending to love each other. Like it was very fun. And it just really was one of those shows that I would always watch it. I would always watch it, always be entertained by it. Um, And then To be honest, I am a homosexual, shocking in this panel, but you know, American Gladiators just never did it for me. I thought the guys were hot and like they were great, but I'd much rather watch straight people fight with one another just because it entertained (laughs) me. It entertained me, it was engaging. And it was just a fun romp.
1: Straight people fighting with one another is also, I think why you like the real housewives. I feel like exactly the same thing.
4: (laughs) It's really what it
1: is. Um, I will say that the newlywed game did give us some hilarious moments. Like the, I I believe the iconic, like where is the strangest place you ever made whoopee? And the one woman's like up the butt Chuck. (laughs) 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 So Thank you for that newlywed game, um, and no shade against the newlywed game, but like it's astonishing to me that Kevin, who is one of the greatest horn dogs that I know, I know, is like, yeah, American Gladiators didn't really do much for me. So I remember watching. Let me know if people get this again. There's a generational divide in this panel. Um, on USA Networks on Sunday, they would have American Gladiators. And like for a burgeoning homosexual like myself, this was a gay man's wet dream because (laughs) everybody is in sweat spandex. Everybody is fucking ripped. And they all have names like Bronco. Blaze, Lace, Laser, Nitro, Turbo, Atlas. Like most of those are also gay porn company names. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. It
4: totally isn't.
1: Totally not. They also have these like badass chicks who I also was like, yeah, you go ice and fucking take out that honky." Like, it was a great show. And on top of that, like, so much schadenfreude. So much schadenfreude. Which, this is going to be a recurring theme in my choices. Nothing will make me laugh harder than somebody getting punched in the face on national TV with, like, the pointy end of, like, a foam joust stick. Mm -hmm. Like, that's going to get me every time. I can watch it 500 times. It's not going to matter Always entertaining to me. So I'm going to put it to a vote. Curtis, where are you coming down on this one?
3: I still remember watching Ice shoot those tennis balls out of that thing. Yes. Uh, the gauntlet. I don't even remember what it's called. It doesn't matter. The gauntlet. But the was gauntlet? it the gauntlet? I like, okay, I got it right. Wow. Okay. Thank you, 1992. <laughs> Absolutely, American Gladiators.
2: Every time. There's no question. Michael Schwartz. Oh, see, this is, I'm on the Kevin Dillon side here because, you know, I mean yes, as a burgeoning homosexual, looking at all those men in spandex was great. However, the newlywed wed game, that was a hotbed of sexual innuendo, you yeah. know, during that entire show. And this is where I will probably get yelled at by somebody on a pot, on the comments at some point. American Gladiators wasn't a game show to me. Really, it wasn't. It doesn't fit that classic game show feel for it it was a physical competition where people were fighting and everything and yes lots of hot men in spandex but it wasn't a game show the newlywed is a game show where you're actually competing with each other like and it, for the fun of it it's like there were so many laughs that come out of the newlywed game and American Gladiators great it was great to jerk off to but that was about it
1: <laughs> listen in the 90s that was not that easy to come by and you know it, oh, it wrestling. Gladi- Eric it was- wrestling
2: hello come on it was the
1: underwear section of the jc penny's flyer like what do you want it was
2: international mail i get it
1: but, but not if you're like 10 um but okay so curtis are you unswayed in american gladiators there
3: is zero chance that you would be able to move me away from american gladiators the only reason that i don't have it going further is because of the next round which we'll talk about very
2: soon
1: yeah i mean that, that that's a, a killer right there um mm. so neither one of you are going to sway on newlywed game
2: No, I think Kevin and I are solid on this. Yeah. Okay.
1: So newlywed game happens to be a four seed. American gladiators is a five seed. It has been pointed out to me on several occasions that Eric's way of doing tiebreakers of whatever Eric says go is not really democratic to that. I say we live in the United States in 2020. I don't know what you think democracy is, but it's not here. Um, but that said, I will obey the people's rule, and we will advance uh, the newlywed game here.
3: Um, yes. What a beautiful, sacrificial lamb it exactly.
1: is. Exactly. Um, nothing but love for Zap, Turbo, and Tower.
4: <laughs>
1: and all of their okay. Okay. Oh. Three quarters of us wanted to hitch a ride with three-seed Cash Cab, while Michael was the great white hope for six-seed Card Sharks. Michael, why Card Sharks?
2: I Card Sharks was just such a great game for me at, at at the time and i loved watching it now i am going to say you know building off of like american gladiators and watching pretty things ben bailey on cash cab yes i think that we all want to do unspeakable things to him he is a totally sexy as hell but Car trucks was just it was for me when i would watch it would be um Card Sharks would be one of those shows that I would really look forward to watching to as a kid, um, watching up. And what I really love about it, it's getting a rebirth with Joel McHale taking over. And I think that is just going to be like, it could be. There's a lot of potential for it there for us. I think that I know I'm not going to win here because, you know, I know who I'm talking to right now um, sure. about this. And none of you are going to sway from Cash Cab to Card Sharks. But Card Sharks was really just a great show. It was entertaining, you know, everyone getting really excited about whether that was going to be higher or lower than the seven that they put up there, especially when you got a mid level card kind of stuff and, you know, flipping it over. It was, <laughs> it was, you know, and locking that into place and trying to move forward. It was really a great show.
1: All right, so Curtis, why do you hail Cash Cab?
3: <laughs> more, or, more or less exciting than higher or lower than a seven. That's <laughs> Woohoo! boy. Um, I'm honestly shocked that Cash Cab has such a high seed. That it's a a three a three seed. That's that was surprising for me. I appreciate any trivia show and. Very few game shows have taken the surprise you're on a game show perspective. So I I definitely, you know, it gets creative points for that for that. Also, the fact that they could run a show where you're in a cab in New York City and you're not getting mugged on a regular basis, that's pretty impressive. But I don't know, like Cash Cab, as Michael said, the host is strangely sexy. He oh, cool. seems like the type of person that would spin in your mouth during sex. Absolutely. Yes. And while you have that, in one hand you have card sharks, which is not exciting whatsoever. I don't know what he's talking about with this higher lower than the seven. That's not, that's not my type of exciting. And yes, they brought it back with Joel McHale, who is very sexy, but is he spit in your mouth? Sexy? Maybe he is. Call me, Joel. I let's find (laughs) out. I don't know. If both of these shows were on TV at the same time, I would turn the TV off. But if it's Thanksgiving and I'm stuck with my family and we have to watch TV, then we're probably watching Cash Cab.
1: So I will say for Michael's, I actually think Card Sharks is a very exciting game. I very much enjoy Card Sharks. Thank and you. I agree. There's, it is a great format. It, it's, it's gripping. Um, but Cash Cab, man, for me, like – I remember before I moved to New York City, when Cash Cab first started, watching and being like, can you imagine getting into a cab? And then suddenly it's like a disco on the roof. Like I would shit myself. <laughs> that and I just I it was like the dream. Right. Every time I visited New York City, it's like, oh, my God, maybe I'll get a Cash Cab, which, of course, you're not going to fucking get a Cash Cab. Right. Also, sidebar, Cash Cab did kill a person.
0: <laughs>
1: <gasps> oh, it, my God. It did. Ben was not driving. He, it was like the car in front of them that like do the other f- like incidental filming, but they literally did kill someone. Oh and that's God. partially why it went away for a little while. Um, but uh, for me, it is cash cab and Kevin, are you sticking with cash cab? Or are you going to sway to car charks?
4: Sure. And cash cab is it's cyclical. It comes back. It's entertaining. They've done it with some brav- Bravo, Bravo these days. It is absolutely beyond entertaining.
1: I agree. Uh, so I'm sorry, Michael, uh, you did a good job backing up Cash Cab, but excuse me, backing up Card Sharks, but Cash Cab will be advancing into the
2: fast pass lane. I get that. And I'm just going to point this out for how vicious Curtis was right now. That's <laughs> your, that that literally is your one birthday pass. So happy birthday. <laughs> Gloves are off for the rest of this podcast.
1: (laughs) And with that, we're going to need to buy a vowel because we need an E and an A to spell break. So we will be back after a word from our non-existent sponsors. Hey, Curtis, did you know we have some of the best Patreons around? I didn't. Tell me about them. We do. We have amazing supporters. And uh, frankly, they get some amazing stuff back. Like, for instance, if you're a Patreon supporter, you get access to episodes an entire day early, which means you can yell at me on social media 24 hours before everybody else.
3: I do that anyway. You do. It's true. What about all of the warmups that we do together?
1: Yeah, so for just about every single episode we record, we have these exclusive warm-ups. You can only listen to them on Patreon, and we cover stuff that you're not going to cover in the rest of the show. Like, for instance, in this one, Curtis, you talked about your auditioning for game shows in the past, and I talked about a really embarrassing bowling story.
3: Yes, and everybody should definitely become a Patreon subscriber just to hear that story
1: it's not that funny but it's okay i'll take it <laughs> um on top of that you also get exclusive patreon only episodes that you're not going to hear otherwise we have some mini that like uh, best crayola color is going to be a patreon exclusive we have a couple others coming up for season two that i'm really excited about and you're only going to get them if you're a patreon supporter so please head over to patreon.com backslash great pop and support us today And we're back with the second half of round one where the points are doubled, but it doesn't matter (laughs) because we don't actually track points, so ignore me. Moving on, in a clear generational divide, the Gen Xers on the panel preferred five-seed Name That Tune, while the Millennials went with Nickelodeon four-seed Legends of the Hidden Temple. I can support Tune in four arguments or less, but first, Curtis, why do you worship Hidden Temple?
3: This is... This was a really difficult one for me, because as you know, I am big on music. I love to sing. I believe there is like, they brought back kind of like a name that tune. I don't even know if it's called the same thing. But I would love to be on it. Because if I've heard the song before, I can name it very quickly. It's but- called
1: Beach Shazam now. It's, it's called Beach Shazam cool
3: that sounds awful um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but honestly i i am so excited to be the one that gets to defend legends of the hidden temple because legends is iconic to anybody who grew up in the late 80s into the 90s and watched nickelodeon it's so nostalgic for me i desperately wanted to be on it. I think I sent in an audition. I don't know. Like you're, you're a kid and you're in Kentucky. What are they going to do? I'd be on it now if they brought it back for adults. <laughs> and I think it would actually probably do pretty well. It combined physical challenges with memory tests instead of just random trivia. So like any kid that was watching could play along at home. Cause you, you were told a story and then you had to answer questions about it. So it was kind of like school, which I was good at that. And that's why I think I liked it so much. Every kid at home had the team that they wanted to be on. Kevin, what purple team did parrot, you want?
4: Purple Parrot.
3: Yes, honey. I was a silver snake. Like it was, There were allegiances. I hated snakes. I was terrified of snakes. But for some reason, I wanted to be on the silver snakes as a kid. Like There were allegiances without even having to draw the lines. That should tell you something.
1: It was like Hogwarts houses before Hogwarts. Exactly. Yes. I don't know
3: how they were able to sort those kids Harry Potter style because they did. And somehow the assholes always ended up on the same team. And it was the Red Jaguars. Yep. Always. I don't know how they did it, but I hated that team. Anyway, the final challenge of the show was inventive. It was interesting. It was a an obstacle challenge, but you had to remember things. And if you didn't watch the show, you did worse. Because yep. I can't tell you how many times I spent sitting in front of that TV yelling at it about a person trying to put together a fucking monkey statue, and they couldn't do it <laughs> the right way. And that was so frustrating. But – it's such a good show. The temple guards, the the men, and pr- I think it was just men, the men that they put in the obstacle course to snatch you. They had right. body snatchers in this game. Terrifying. And like they added that music behind it. So it was like dun dun. And it was just so scary. But Legends is on the whole, I think, a better show than name that tune.
4: And it's a Halloween costume. It is a common Halloween costume. That is it? Yes. I can't tell you every year on Halloween, I always see people dressed up in that tan jumpsuit with a purple parrot logo like and the helmets and like every year I see it every year.
1: Huh? I I, That's amazing.
4: Yeah, I'd
2: like whatever drugs you're taking. <laughs> <laughs> or,
1: I want to know what Instagram feeds you're following because yes. I'm, I guarantee you it's thirst traps that are in those too, right? <laughs> yeah, that's Maybe. the hidden temple yeah. that you want to find now. Um, I am not going to at all knock Hidden Temple because it, like, in terms of like kid game shows, it's r- way up there. Like, it was a great concept. It was really well deployed. Very watchable. I think I was a little old for it. And I suspect Michael was in the same boat with me. Like this is, I said, generational divide. We were watching name that tune. Like when we were either before or after school in the 1980s, does that sound right, Michael?
2: Yeah. I'm not yeah.
1: old. <laughs> <laughs> same. But, um, but uh, and I think Legends of the Hidden Temple, I was probably in like high school and, and maybe even older when that was on. Um, but for me, I loved Name That Tune. I think it's a it's a great concept for a game show. And it was really competitive. Like you could see people strategizing when they're up there. And I they've had many, many hosts for Name That Tune over the years, going back to I think like the 60s. It's an old, old classic show. And you can like, I can just picture the host with the big glasses ho- ho- show, the thing. Like, and how many notes can you name that? I can name that in four. Like, it was very... It was like bartering. It's a great concept that I don't see in a lot of other game shows. Mm -hmm. And again, as a music fan, I also have like, if I know a song and the first four notes are on, like I would kill, I would still kill on that show, but I won't go on a show named beat Shazam unless it's Shazam from the movies. And that involves taking off Zachary Levi's pants. That's a beat (laughs) Shazam. I will gladly participate in.
3: I thought you were going to go with Sinbad. Cause wasn't he in Shazam? Uh, and
1: you were actually going to no, that's,
3: we, don't oh, we, don't okay. about, like, we don't talk
2: about that. We don't talk
1: about we don't talk about that. We don't talk about All Stars one. Um, <laughs> but for me, I'd like name that tune. I, this is one of those ones where I can't make a differentiation. I'm going to stick with name that tune because that's the one that for my generation. Michael, are you in the same
2: boat? Yeah, I'm going to stick with that too. I mean, for, you were right. Legends of the Hidden Temple was '93 to '95. That's when I'm getting ready to graduate from college. Yeah. Um, and for me, oh. when I th- yeah, I'm that old, okay. But like iconic Nickelodeon for me is Double Dare. That was for yes. me. That was the Nickelodeon show that I watched. That I was like in love with. But name that tune is classically game show. It comes from that era of the the golden era of like 70s and 80s game shows. For
1: me. yeah, agree. Um, and so we're, we're tied because I'm going to guess Kevin's not going to switch.
2: Sure, I'm not.
1: Okay. And again, we're using the seeds as the tiebreakers now. And <laughs>
3: How unfortunate. <laughs>
1: don't get high in mighty, kids, <laughs> Because this is going to come back to bite you in the ass eventually. Um, and Legends is a four, whereas Name That Tune is a four.
3: And that tells me that our audience who's listening to this, who's filling out the polls, are probably a little bit closer to me and Kevin.
2: And that's cool. Hey, y'all. We get it. You're not on the Geritol and Metamucil, but we get it yet. But you will be. You will be one day.
1: Come to the dark side. All right. Three quarters (laughs) of us. Exactly. And they're delicious. Uh, Three quarters of those provided a lifeline for three seed who wants to be a millionaire. While Curtis says the answer is six seed password. Curtis, why are you making a pass?
3: So here's the weird thing. You all just talked about being old and I'm the one that picked the old show. I think- It's not going to be an impassioned argument by any means. Password wasn't a groundbreaking show when it came to game shows, but it's nostalgic and it did lay the foundation for so many other game shows to come. Without Password, you didn't get Betty White. Mm,
1: I knew that was going to be your argument. I knew it. But
3: who, who are you three to stand in the way of Betty White meeting Alan Ludden and falling in love? In, a, in an interview with Larry King, Betty White said, well, when they asked her, are you going to remarry? Because he died in the early 90s.
2: She said, 81.
3: he died in 81?
2: Died in 81. Oh, yeah.
3: I thought it was 90. Okay. Well, 81. Yeah. So it was even longer. She said, once you've had the best, who needs the rest? Yeah. Uh, if we didn't have password, we may, may not. I'm not going to say did not, but may not have had that. And who am I to mess with Betty White's happiness because she's given me so much? It had a whopping, because I did my research, 2,855 episodes across all of the different iterations of it. While Millionaire to date has only had 369
1: Really? That, that can't be true. That can't right. be
4: true, Curtis. That can't be. The show it, in and of itself, and Regis Philbin's day may have only had that, but it has versions with Meredith Vieira, um, mm-hmm. um, Jimmy Kimmel does it now. Um, yeah,
3: exactly.
4: Thank you. Passed. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we're not picking we are- a game on Betty White's potential love life. We're picking the best game show. I still and- think.
3: So- Maybe it is, and I know Regis Philbin just died. If you're listening to this, Regis Philbin just passed away. I was never a fan. I've never been a fan. I don't care for what he brings to the stage. So, like, while Millionaire was like, it was a good show. It was good. It was fine. I just think Password does more and is a better show overall than what Millionaire was.
1: All right. Well, Kevin, I'm going to give you a chance to take over here. Why Why is Millionaire your final answer?
4: I mean... Oh, I love the pun. Oh, perfect. Um, I mean, Millionaire was was the highest rated television show the year it debuted in the United States. It was, everyone was sitting at home watching that as event television. Um, It was really kind of what brought nighttime game shows back to us. Um, they had disappeared for a really long time and really were only in the daytime. And and regardless of whether or not it was your thing, it was event television. And it was, you were on the edge of your seat and you were playing along and you were like doing, am I going to call it a lifeline? You'd play with your family and friends when you'd watch it together. And I mean, I still watch it, to be honest with you, when it's on TV, because it's still an entertaining show. I, and I mean, it's based on a British uh television series that had a wild controversy around its uh, first million dollar winner, uh, which was made into a TV show. It's very entertaining. It's just a really engaging reality show. It isn't, for me, it isn't quite up to par with Jeopardy because I think we'll talk about Jeopardy later. Jeopardy is like the quintessential quiz show, but I think who wants to be a millionaire Um, is a little bit more accessible to people, honestly. And I think it's really fun to watch. And it really brought million-dollar prizes to the forefront. It made the prize a little bit more interesting and engaging, and there was more at risk um, for the participants.
1: So um, there's so much meat to this, and I really want to discuss it, but my suspicion is that Millionaire is moving on. Uh, Michael, where are you coming down on this one?
2: I'm not changing my vote, Millionaire.
1: You're a millionaire. So um, it will advance to the next round. But I do want to say this uh, about Password. And, and uh, there's a Betty White documentary that's on Netflix. And I encourage everyone to watch it. It's really lovely. And they have clips of her and Allen on Password. And they kind of cover their courtship from the show. And it is the most charming thing you will ever watch. Like it is so pure and so sweet. So I hear where Curtis is coming from. And it's a, I knew you were going to take that argument with it. <laughs> and I'm not mad that you did. Um, it's very sweet, but in terms of better game shows, password is certainly a seminal one, but there is absolutely no denying what Kevin was just saying. And I do want to underscore millionaire changed the game. And we're going to talk about that more in round two, but we will be advancing it. Sorry, Curtis password will be bounced. And you should say
3: sorry to Betty
1: white. I literally was about to apologize to Betty white, Betty white, we love you. All right, so seventy-five percent of the pool thought one seed ten thousand dollar pyramid was top of the pack. Speaking of Betty White, well, I tuned in for eight seed remote control. I will explain why I don't want to change the channel. But first, Michael, why pyramid?
2: Oh no, no! I must insist. You need to tell me why you went this absolutely <laughs> completely idiotic wrong direction Ooh. with this one, <laughs> Eric. Am- you have to. You have to explain your insanity to me, please.
1: I am so happy to do that, and I will start by saying I know that I'm not going to win this argument, and I had no intention of winning this argument. But for Eric Resniak, the show Remote Control is is like a building block in why I love television. So let me set the stage because I'm going to guess there are two members of this panel who have never even heard of this show. Is that correct? Correct. Kevin? Kevin?
4: Correct. I'm looking it up, honestly, right now.
1: (laughs) That's fine. So Remote Control was MTV's first ever original program that had nothing to do with music. It was a game show that that launched in, I'm going to say, early 1990s. And it was appointment viewing for me. My brother and I made sure that we were watching when it was on. It's like the first show. That and TGIF were the things that we had to watch every week. And it drove my father fucking crazy. It was a game show in which the contestants were like college age kids and gigantic Barka loungers with a remote control that's how they buzzed in and they were asked questions about classic tv shows that were at the time airing on Nick at Night so like I could actually like answer like Green Acres and like Lassie and Bewitched questions because those shows were on it made me love game shows it made me love trivia shows it made me love classic tv and like it really is a fundamental building block for me that said and also for mtv that was their first original non-music-based program so you wouldn't have teen mom if it wasn't for this and even as i say that i recognize that is not an argument to make but
4: sure (laughs) is it
2: so
1: but that all that said i i had to rep for it knowing it's going out and i'm completely fine with that because pyramid is the shit take it michael
2: I I mean, honestly, you are responsible for the downfall of MTV. You know, (laughs) this was the first of the long line of why we don't see music videos on MTV any longer.
1: That's not – that's true. That is
2: frankly true. And I will recognize that Remote Control, I really – it was a fun show to watch. You know, it gave us Colin Quinn for the first time, really, um, and Ken Ober was on it. Also
1: not a great argument.
2: I was just going to say, you really fully lost me. (laughs) But – Ten thousand dollar pyramid, come on! That is like, that is classic game show, you know. And you're right, it is. It we have that cycling um, of celebrity guests that are on the show that that take up those seats and play with the contestants. And you know, when they get a word that they just don't know, and they're like struggling to come up with how do they, you know, get the other person to guess it or when they're in the chair and they're going up against the pyramid and you know you get the category things that are quiet what do you say and you're you're on not Eric not me in bed (laughs) okay we don't need to go with the obvious stuff Um, (laughs) (laughs) but um it, it's like it's one, another one of those screens where you're screaming at the television trying to help them, and you know that they can't hear you, but you rationally can't stop yelling at the television and going you know giving them trying to help them along and everything like it and ten thousand dollar pyramid becomes twenty five thousand dollar pyramid, which becomes a hundred thousand dollar pyramid you know it just you know it actually you know adjusts itself for inflation over time
1: <laughs> it does, which is rare for a game show and yes like I said, absolutely. I am not going to sit here and tell anyone they should switch their votes because Pyramid is great. But for me, I couldn't not vote for remote control in at least round one, knowing it was going out. Because, like, literally, that is, like, if you put, like, Eric's pop culture awareness, like, remote control is kind of where it starts. So uh, I don't think I'm going to get anybody to switch my vote, Curtis.
3: Nope. I don't think that. Okay, sorry. That came out the year after I was born. (laughs) Literally 33 years ago. So... Curtis
4: Creekmore, shut up. You lost me at Colin Quinn, so nope.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. We'll move the pyramid on. The majority of the panel was hot on the trail of where in the world is Carmen San Diego, a two seed, while I had artistic integrity and picked seven seed win, lose, or draw. I will defend draw, but first I want Kevin to don that red trench coat and hat and find Carmen.
4: It was similarly to like Hidden Temple, um, maybe not as physical, but like it was that game show that I watched as a kid where I was like playing along. I I think I had this obsession with Carmen Sandiego as this entity who I was like, oh, who is this woman? And like, I'm probably one of my queer icons as a kid, even though she really doesn't speak that much, which I also really loved. Um, But she had these henchmen who were entertaining You were answering questions around history and God, I wish we still had this around because we need more people in our country to learn more about history and the United States um, and geography. Um, It really just was a really fun game. Um, And Lynn Thigpen, Lynn Thigpen as the chief is the main Mm. argument for why this needs to move on. Talk about a woman who was a well-regarded actress and made her presence known as the chief. And she was just incredible. She she surpassed the host, honestly, in many ways. Um, you just loved to watch her and her interjections. And um, it was also like an encouraging game show for young kids. Like I, it wasn't mean. There was nothing that you, it was more about growing and learning and being smart. And I I really liked that it was almost like geography jeopardy in a way for young kids it was it was a show that was it was like i watched it every day it was on tv like i loved 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 that show
1: I'm surprised you did that entire argument without mentioning Rocapella and the oh my movie God movie. yes, yeah.
4: so how do I forget Rocapella? Oh, I well, I you know what? Probably because I hate acapella, so I probably skipped over that. <laughs> yeah. Um but they were they were good and they were really entertaining. And they I mean, I'll give them a pass, even though I hate acapella. but it, they were just really. Like I, where in the world? And I can't sing, so I won't, Kurt, Curtis. I promise. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> it
1: started, but I can't sing.
4: But like, you knew that. You knew that theme song. It was a catchy theme song, and it was just really fun to sing along to.
1: Yeah. So, like, I never watched the show because I don't even know where it aired. Was it PBS. PBS? PBS. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Like, we were trash. We never watched PBS. <laughs> uh, Sorry,
2: Eric, been... you were trash. <laughs> exactly. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Amen. Um, but, like, I even knew the theme song and I never watched the fucking show, Uh, but I, I wish I had, because the only thing I knew about Carmen Sandiego was I sometimes would play it in like my junior high computer lab on like the world's oldest Mac. And I wish I'd played more of it because like, I don't know geography for shit. And if I had played and watched Carmen Sandiego, maybe I would know where Bogota is, but, uh, thank you there you go um but i I, again this is one of the things i'm not anti the show that it's up against at all but i did genuinely like win lose or draw and when i was doing research on this i discovered that burt reynolds came up with the concept for win lose or draw he yes he and his friends would play it on friday nights in his living room and fun fact the set of the original win lose or draw was a recreation of burt reynolds own living room (laughs) so
2: oh that's that's great
1: isn't that fun? So like, um, and he said, like, I started the show because this is what we did. And like the clip audio was terrible. But I think he was saying that they started it because one of their like friends was super, super shy and didn't like to do charades. So they came up with this version of it so that he wouldn't have to get up there and do charades and embarrass himself. It was a really sweet story. And then he said, and I was talking to Merv Griffin, and he told me how much money he made off of Jeopardy, and I was like, well, okay, I'm just going to make a show off of this. Um, But it was, like, the concept was, it was four celebrities, two women, two men, there was one male and one female, like, regular person guest, and it was basically charades but withdrawing. So, like, you had Annie Potts, and Dom DeLuise, and Betty White, and Burt Reynolds himself, who was ultra fuckable all the way up through, like, the mid-90s, and... Like it was just, it was like hanging out with celebrities in their living room. It is very much the the flavor that Hollywood Game Night now mm-hmm. takes. It's, mm-hmm. It is very much that mm-hmm. show. So I understand why you would not put this forward over Carmen San Diego, and I don't think that is the wrong decision at all. But I, again, I wanted to speak up for it because I think it was actually a really charming show. It was not the most exciting of shows, but it, it was cute. So is everybody else sticking with Carmen, uh, Michael? Yes.
3: Curtis. You almost had me. This was one of the other really difficult ones for me because I also loved Win Loser Draw growing Same. up. Um, if it had been in any other 7-2 matchup, it would have been like it might have had a chance. But Carmen San Diego turned into Where in Time is Carmen San Diego. Yep. Netflix now yep. has a really successful animated Carmen San oh. you know the song. You should watch it. If yep. you like she You would love the Carmen San Diego, like okay, it's on this. Like, yeah, I think so. I've enjoyed both of them. So, unfortunately, yeah, I'm sticking with Carmen San Diego.
1: No, I totally get it, and thank you for. I I was unaware of the the Netflix one, so I'll have to check that out, and maybe I will finally learn where Lima is. Oh, Uh, they
3: they do really really bad Boston accents on it, so that can like if you know what a Boston accent is supposed to sound like, and you watch the show, you're like, what the hell are they doing? So. Cap like warning.
1: Love it. Trigger warning, bad Boston accents. All right. So three quarters of us were a match for four seed match game. While Michael wanted to take the cash away from noted Republican apologist by voting for <laughs> yes. five seed Win Ben Stein's money, Michael, why did you go with Ben?
2: So I'm just going to put it out here. The next two game shows that I argue for are simply just nostalgic kind of things. I, I match game is an absolutely amazing show and of course you know for everybody on this panel it eventually gives us snatch game too um
1: which is on rupaul's drag race if you were listening to this and you have literally no idea what we're talking about right now those
2: poor people um but when ben signed money was just fun for me uh, for a couple of things one uh, it was the music for it because the intro was owed to joy the x the outtake, the um Closing music was Ride of the Valkyrie. You know, I'm, I'm a big nerd. I would always generally prefer a trivia game over um, something else. Match Game gives us so much, but Win Ben Stein's Money, hate Ben Stein. Yes, I agree. The person itself. But this is also Jimmy Kimmel's first uh, real appearance out there, too, because he co hosts with Ben um, when this game show starts. And this is late 90s into um, the early 2000s for us. And for anybody who doesn't, can't place Ben Stein. Ben Stein is probably also a, well known for being in Ferris Bueller, standing at the front of the room going, Bueller, Bueller. But there's, no, there's nothing else. I'm not going to convince anybody that Match Game is going to change their vote there. This was just simply a, a game show that I enjoyed as much as I hate Ben Stein now as an adult.
1: Yeah. And honestly, Michael, I have very similar feelings to you. I loved this show when it was airing before I knew about his politics. Like, it was a really, like, the format was great. It it honestly was, Um, and it was really and he's likable on it. He's super likable in general. Like I just watched the Ferris Bueller's Reunited Apart special by Josh Gad, Um, and he's so likable on this. I'm sitting there watching it, like, what kind of fucking cognitive dissonance is going on in your life that you can be this guy on this and like write the shit that you do? I don't understand it. But that all said, I'm gonna pass it to Curtis for Match Game.
3: Do you have to? Because I, <laughs> I think you all made my arguments for me, but I'll talk about match game. You when, can also
1: save it for round two if you'd prefer, if you'd like to save your ammunition.
3: No, because there's there's no... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to blow my load here. Y'all oh. will find out why. Tune in next week, when, or I guess the later, this, later week, this week, when we release the second episode, and you can hear it crash in flames. But... When you think about an iconic game show, Match Game has to be at the top, like in the top five. When you think iconic, I'm not saying best, but like game shows that made other game shows, Match Game is up there. It gave us a chance to get to know celebrities that we already knew from their own shows or movies or whatever, but just in a different way. It It opened the doors for that. It gave some celebrities a chance to increase their fame from what it was or even experience like a rebirth or a renaissance like Nipsey Russell, who the hell knew who Nipsey Russell was before then who's watching it a little bit later. Like when I was before he ended up being chained to a stage in Branson, Missouri. Is that true? No, girl. (laughs) No. Like, I mean, I think Nipsey Russell did go on to, to perform in Branson, Missouri, but it's like, he deserves so much better than that.
1: Absolutely.
3: Match game gave rise to people like, Charles Nelson Riley, like Brett Summers, and a man who was so iconic on Match Game that most people don't even realize that he was an actual actor, Richard Dawson. Like, those three made Match Game. And then you put Betty White in there, and it's, it's all just a fun stew. But this is... Less than a no-brainer, this is negative-brainer, because Ben Stein is one of the most annoying television personalities to come out of the 80s slash early 90s. The joke of him being monotoned or whatever, like the Bueller nonsense, gets old after about three solid minutes, and then you have nothing, and you give him a game show?
1: Good lord, Lemon! And it was a game show in which he was basically being haughty about how much he knew. But at the time, yes. we thought it was like self-aware haughtiness. But now in like 2020, <laughs> yeah, I'm we like, realize no, it's not. <laughs> I think it's just him being haughty. It's the weird, like I genuinely, I don't understand how Ben Stein can be so lovely in interviews and like a monster in every other element of public life. I don't, I don't get it, but regardless. So I have a lot of thoughts on match game. I'm going to hold on to them till next round because that is going to be a fucking bloodbath. I cannot Mm -hmm. believe that match game is a four seed. Match game should be a two seed at the bare minimum. Um, but we're going to get into that next round. Uh, yes. We will it be advancing match game? Seventy-five percent of the panel sided with ridiculous costumes and cruel emotional manipulation via three seed. Let's make a deal. While I loved the cheesy '70s spectacle of six seed Battle of the Network Stars, I will defend my Z Listers. While Kevin will see what's behind door number two.
4: Oh, am I starting? Okay, perfect. <laughs> I mean, the the ridiculous. You you said it right there. The ridiculous costumes. Um, It is, like, you could end up with a trip to Paris uh, for a week, or you could end up with an ostrich. Like, you don't know what you're... It's this, like, weird and absurd and quirky game that really was just so much fun, and it is an iconic television show that really emanates throughout all of other television shows. People reenact that show, and then they brought it back with Wayne Brady, and wayne brady is a great game show host with it he really captured the spirit and the weirdness of the original show i i love my game shows with a little bit of quirk that's one area and i think let's make a deal really really nails that and it's just really fun it's it's really a it's like gambling honestly it's gambling with you know you have this like I'll give you $2,000. You can see what's behind door number two. What do you do? And like in real life, you're like, oh, I'm going to take the $2,000. But honestly, when you're on the show, you're, you'd are probably be like, I really wonder what's behind that door. Like I really, oh, don- sure. I want to know what is behind that door. And I think there's such a level of excitement that the show built around kind of skunking people a little bit in a, in a fun way. And people knew that about the show. Like they didn't go in without that expectation and so and the costumes like you'd see like dick nixon and pat nick like you'd see these like weird combos or like snoopy and uh woodstock or like like weird and there'd be some creepy costumes and you'd just be like this is pure joy and really camp excellence honestly
1: yeah, like I am not going to debate any part of what you just said. Match games, or excuse me, not match game. Uh let's make a deal is such a fun show and Wayne Brady is really good at it. I don't know how much we'll talk about hosts, uh but in kind of the like legacy hosting situations, I think Wayne is far more successful taking over this, the the yeah. shoes of his predecessor than say Drew Carey is mm-hmm. on Price is Right. We'll get there even like Alec Baldwin is for mm. match game. And I love Alec Baldwin and would yep. hit it right now. But like, <laughs> Wayne Brady is really did a great job taking over that show. And it, it is excellence. This is another one of those matchups where there's, there's not a bad winner here, yep. um, but my God, battle of the network stars. Why the fuck do we not have that right now? It is so corny and so goofy, but also like hilarious. So, I'm gonna. This is another generational divide. Kevin and Curtis, do you even have any concept of a Battle of the was? Yeah,
4: concept? I used to watch it. I watched it. K- uh, Curtis, I'm googling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so- you'd have you'd have Barry Bost or Barry Bost or um the Greg yeah Barry Bostwick against like uh Chachi from Happy Days, like it, exactly. you know, like like ski shooting or something like that. It's like weird games where celebrities competed. It was really good. The only thing is, is like, let's make a deal was just, it's iconic. Mm-hmm. It's iconic. Yeah.
1: And I'm not going to debate that. I, I really won't, but I, I'll, I'll say this. So for those of you who are not Googling like Curtis's is right now, cool. I would urge you to do so. The, it was started in the late 1970s. It was, and I don't know that this to be true, but I suspect it was because the Olympics were such a ratings juggernaut. The networks mm-hmm. were like, how can we get this like on a regular basis? And they're like, I know, let's promote our shows that we have on TV by having our Desperate for a Paycheck stars all compete in various sports things and like make it almost like our own mini Olympics. And so you had stars from ABC, CBS and NBC shows creating teams. And you had like Linda Carter from wonder woman versus Penny Marshall from Laverne and Shirley in like a swimming relay, (laughs) or you had like Valerie Bertinelli and Mr. T facing off in a tug of war. Like that's fucking great. That is television at its finest. And like Howard Cosell, the legendary sports announcer, was doing the announcing on this. And yep. like you you mentioned like Chachi and I have no love for Scott Bayo at this point. Not it's, at all. You watch fucking Scott Bayo rip through the the obstacle course, it's incredible. Like yep. it was really a b- ridiculous it was so a product of their time. They have tried to reboot it at least twice that I know of. I know when mm-hmm. the like, yes. late 2010s ABC tried to do it and it went nowhere, kind of using like old TV stars, not like current ones. And I know Bravo tried to do it with their Bravo celebrities. And I'm, I'm somewhat surprised Ugh. that it was not more popular than it was. But um, there's just something about it that was endearing and corny. And that's always going to work for me. But am I going to? argue that it should be let's make a deal in a best game show uh, bracket. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to sit there and tell you you should change your vote. So we're going to advance. Let's make a deal to round two. Eric. Does someone have something to add? Yes. I did
3: change my vote just now. Like you convinced me that that sounds like a – I have never liked Let's Make a Deal. Never. Like it's never been something that's interesting to me. So I do like Wayne Brady. I think he did a serviceable job with it. But it's just not like a really interesting show. So I did change my vote. But it doesn't matter because Let's Make a Deal is a three seed. So it would have moved forward anyway unless –
2: you convinced nope. Michael or Kevin? Nope. No, you didn't convince me. Because honestly, let make let's make a deal. Is again classic, iconic game show, Monty Hall. Seriously, yep. and you alluded to it in your intro. If you want to talk about Im- implicit sexual harassment during a show, Monty Hall was your guy that did this during that show, and it I was. I would say unc- Richard
1: Dawson is the number one. Oh, Richard, Richard there. Yes, Dawson sure too, is
2: absolutely on Family Feud, like that kiss on the lips. Ooh. Um, but... Ugh.
4: Imagine let's make a deal is herpes. classic.
2: <laughs> it is, it is the epitome of human buffoonery. You know, yeah. what am I, what am I willing to do to get either, you know, a brand new kitchen or a banana? Yep.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's great. That is, that is to me what quintessential game show is. Right. And um, yes. it's kind of like the Jack and the beanstalk. Like, will you trade your cow for some magic beans? beans. Yes. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, so it is a tie now. Thank you, Curtis. I'm so glad I could sway you. But uh, it is a three seed. And, and again, I don't think that's the wrong choice. But I'm so gratified. And if you're listening, networks, number one, please give us our own game show. And yep. number two, <laughs> please bring back Battle of the Network Stars. But do it fucking right. Like, mm-hmm. now is the time to bring back cheap, easy programming that's also promotional for you. Like, just come on. Mm-hmm. All right. Finally, three-quarters of us wanted to use the express checkout and advance two-seed supermarket sweep, but Michael preferred the schadenfreude buffet of seven-seed wipeout. Michael, why wipeout?
2: Okay. So it's two things. One, there's a personal connection. And two, yes, it's the epitome of schadenfreude. How many people do you – like, how many times did you just go, oh, that felt so good when somebody face-planted into one of the big balls as they were trying to get across that first obstacle course in, in Wipeout for us? But the It reason, always
1: feels good when I face-plant into a big ball. So I yes. know
2: you do. It must be Tuesday. <laughs> um but for me, honestly, I had a personal connectedness. One of my very dear friends from camp was actually on this television show in season three of Wipeout. It, Jeff Lee went as the Pitbull Avenger. <gasps> he is a dog walker by day. Yes, Eric, I heard that gasp. We yes. can talk about that off. My Jeff Lee was on this show as the Pitbull Avenger. He made it, and he placed fifth overall at the, at, at the entire show. Wow, and that's
1: amazing.
2: Yeah, so that's, I mean, for me personally, I love this man so much that I had to give it a vote so that at least I could give a shout-out to the show. Otherwise, I would have picked Supermarket Sweep because I've been binge-watching it on Netflix since it showed up there. And it is, like, if I see one more um, college roommate couple up on, end up <laughs> on that show... <laughs> like oh. I, I just watched one of the rep- episodes and these two blonde-haired ki- boys from uc santa barbara that are roommates that are yes, on yep. the show. just watch that one yep. i'm like you gotta be kidding homosexual boys and um, i'm
1: yelling at my screen to the one who was doing all the work i was like you could do better <laughs>
2: supermarket sweep was really a great show but Wipeout just has that little little place in my heart because of jeff lee so
1: I think that's so sweet. So, Curtis, do you have a coupon for Supermarket Sweep?
3: How am I supposed to argue against nostalgia and that sweet-ass story? <laughs> Spoiler, I'm gonna. Um, <laughs> Michael, actually, audience, if you'll rewind this approximately 40 minutes backward, you'll hear Michael say that American Gladiators wasn't a game show. Oh. Because it was just Ooh. a whole lot of physical activity, which is exactly what Wipeout is. Yeah. Um,
2: where is, uh, where is that now? Okay, bir- Bitter Birthday.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm I, not arguing. I, literally, I, this is just a place of nostalgia. Supermarket Sweep is like – I would have voted for it if it weren't for that one little instance of having a friend on the show.
3: Yeah, and that, and that totally makes, it makes sense. So it, if you're okay with it, I'm just going to save everything that I have prepared because yes. Supermarket Sweep is one of my favorite shows of all time me too all time not even in the game show oh just play. in game now. no outside of game show it is one of my favorites so i'm going to hang on to everything that i'm about to yell so
1: yeah let's save it and recycle those sweaters like they do with every person who's on that uh, oh my trip. god now, yes so. talk
3: about a halloween costume exactly. that one is very popular
1: all right so that's it for round one we are down to the sweet 16 do you agree with our picks do you think we made a bad deal let us know at greatpopculturedebate.com then make sure to come back later this week for part two when jeopardy wheel of fortune price is right and the other game show titans enter the fray and we name our best game show of all time we'll be back in two and two that's code for thursday see you in a bit